look at where you are now, be where you are now. I have, like I said, in my single years, I have a purpose and a plan for you exactly where you are. God said that to me when I was single. He says that to me now as a newlywed, like I have a purpose and a plan for you exactly where you are. Like I don't have to be worried or wondering about what's next because God has placed me here and I have decided that I'm going to enjoy it. I'm not going to worry or wonder about what's next. I'm going to love where I'm at, no matter where it is. A dream can be anything. Whether yours is to start a business, be in a healthy relationship, pursue your dream career, or to get right spiritually, every week the Dream Check Podcast brings you tips, tricks, and real-life insight from people who are living their dreams to the fullest. I'm Nicole Ivanoff, an established international wedding photographer and wife. Like you, I have so many dreams, some of which I've lived out and others I'm still pursuing daily. I'm a girl from suburban Detroit who's made her way out to LA, and although I'm no guru, I have a heart to show you that if I or anyone who comes on this podcast can do it, so can you. Welcome to the show. Time to check in. What's up, friends, and welcome back to the Dream Check Podcast. I know that we were just on a little month and a half break, but we are back and we are in action. I'm your host, Nicole Ivanoff. If you are new to the show, thanks so much for stopping by. These next couple episodes are going to be absolutely insane. And, you know, I took a little break because work got real crazy. If you don't know, I'm a wedding photographer and I was fully in wedding season traveling every weekend. And so I just needed a little break to catch my breath and to record some really intentional episodes for you guys. So I'm excited to be back. And I did want to say if there's ever a guest that you guys would love to hear from on the show, please send me an email or send me a DM on Instagram. I definitely want to be putting out episodes and putting out content that you guys love with people you want to hear from and topics that inspire you. So please always let me know. Today on the podcast, we have my friend Tiffany Hogel and drumroll, her husband Sam is joining us for the episode. This episode is so good and if you haven't listened to my last episode with Tiffany, Tiffany shares her amazing story of how her and her husband Sam met and how they literally met, got engaged and married all within one year, actually under a year. And she really shares that story. She talks about how you can gain confidence in your single season, how to stay busy for the kingdom, and so many other amazing topics in the other episode. But I think that episode would be a great way to start before listening to this one. So in this episode, Sam shares his version of how they met and how he knew she was the one, things that attracted him to her as a man of God. It's an incredible episode. If you're single, if you're dating, if you're married, this episode is for you. They share their best advice for transitioning into newlyweds and living together, physical boundaries they set before marriage, and what they did in the process, like how they learned through that, how you can pray specifically for a future husband or a future wife while also having open hands to God's will. The episode is so good, and I think it's the first time I've interviewed a married couple It's insane. You guys are going to love it. Let's welcome Tiffany and Sam to the show. Good evening, you guys. 
Hi, Nicole, Hi, Nicole. How are you? I am so good. I am so happy we got to like briefly, you know, chat before we started this episode because you guys have never met Sam. And we kind of just realized that as they both popped on the screen. And so we got to meet for the first time via podcast recording. Love it. I'm so happy you guys are um, joining me today. I know I shared a little story with you guys before we started recording, but just the impact that these conversations have on people and uh, the importance of these conversations. And I know how much people look up to you guys in your relationship and how God is the foundation of it. And so I'm beyond excited to dive into all things relationships and marriage today. For anyone listening, Tiffany was on the podcast I don't remember if it was maybe like 15 episodes ago or maybe less. It's one of the, I think the top performing episode. And so I thought we should just have her back with Sam. He could share his side of the story and how they met. And they did a little Q&A on their Instagram um, questions that people that follow them wanted to know the answer to. So we're going to dive into that. But as you know, the first question I ask every guest, which I've never done like a dual question of this before. So what is a dream that you guys have together right now? It was so fun talking about this beforehand because the reality is we have so many. So it's kind of hard to just pick one. Mm -hmm. But I think one of our biggest dreams that has been one of our biggest dreams since before we got married was going to Europe together. We were supposed to actually go back in February, but just due to COVID, we ended up moving moving our plans. So right now we're planning on going in the fall. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like a dream that we're super excited is like. Yeah. And, and I think we kind of said it's like a dream that we're living in right now because mm. it was something we talked about a lot during engagement and even beforehand, like who doesn't want to travel a lot with their spouse when they're newlywed. And so it is kind of a dream that we have right now, but also one that we're kind of living in of just making it a priority to go and do. To travel in general. Yeah. But Europe has been kind of the pinnacle trip that we're excited to take. Yeah. And then beyond that, like, it's kind of cliche, but obviously having kids is Mm -hmm. a dream of ours, but it's definitely not the more immediate dream. Yeah. I would say probably more immediate is I honestly can't believe we're going to do it, but I think we'll get another dog. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. Yeah. I was just going to say the last episode wasn't one of your dreams to get a dog. No, you that actually, was my dream. Yes. She has the dog now. We'll have <laughs> yeah. to share a picture. <laughs> oh, he's the best. And now we're like, we love him so much, but we also recognize that when he's around another dog, it changes everything it's a it's a dream uh, sequel it's a dream sequel mm-hmm. yeah we just love him and we know that if he had a sibling they would I honestly mean, make our lives easier yes totally they would be perfect for each other but then also we want to love another little puppy but so. then no more animals no more animals kids. We said at least one would, kid per two animals so we would be breaking our little pack there, but <laughs> that's we'll fair up. And I have to say, I have to recognize, and I am so impressed by how you guys crate trained your dog. The fact that he goes to his crate to take his naps, and it's just the cutest thing ever. That is so sweet of you to say. Honestly, I tarried. I mean, so hard. I fought (laughs) and I worked so hard to crate train him. I mean, we both did. 
but more so you. <laughs> I mean, I did have more time. And so it definitely feels like a huge win to hear you mm-hmm. compliment me on that because I am super proud of it myself. So thank you. Of course. Yeah. I remember it because I grew up with big dogs. We always had labs and my parents always trained them. And the last lab we got, I remember when we were little, um, we felt so bad because he would cry all throughout the night. And there was like a certain point where we just like pitched like sleeping bags around the crate and all four of us kids would sleep next to the crate. Sweet. (laughs) But even then, like it's so good to do because especially if you travel a lot or if you're out of town and stuff like that. So kudos to you guys, honestly. Thank you. We're excited. Also, I just have to add how, because I can obviously see you guys, you guys, just the one each of you are talking, you're just like ear to ear smiling at each other. And it's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, cute. Um, so sweet. Okay, we're going to dive in. Sam, you're going to be in the hot seat for just a moment because Tiffany already shared her story of how you guys met. And I just kind of want to hear, and for anyone listening, go back and listen to Tiffany's episode so you can kind of hear her story as well. But give us the summary. What is your side of the story of how you guys met? Yeah, so it was in the fall, and I was just kind of going about my business, doing my own thing, and not really focused on anyone. I think I'd gotten to a place where I was pretty content with where I was at in that season and just enjoying kind of what was going on in my world. I just bought a house. And so everything that comes with that, I was excited with that. But it was like 11.15 late one night and our mutual friend, she was texting me. She was asking if I was seeing anyone or if I was in a relationship. And I was like, no, no. And then she tries to call me and, well, she tried to call me first actually. And she's a married woman and it was late. And I was like, is she okay? Like I never talked to this girl. Why is she trying to call me? But then she texts me and she's like, pick up your phone, pick up your phone. So then she told me all about Tiffany. I guess she had just been hanging out with Tiff and she just was kind of racking her brain. Like we've got to find this girl a husband. So then she calls me and I was just super like, oh yeah, like she sounds amazing. Of course, she sent me some pictures of Tiffany and I was like, wow, like she seems awesome go ahead and send me her contact information and I'll reach out. And so I gave Tiff a call the next day and we set up, I think we were originally going to do coffee, but then it kind of morphed into lunch. But then we met for lunch. And then from there, I think over the next seven and a half months, we saw each other almost every single day, except for maybe 48 hours or a couple of periods in there where we didn't see each other. And now we're about to celebrate one year. So crazy. But yeah, it, it was a crazy, it, it was crazy how quick it happened. Crazy how just out of the blue, someone I never talked to gave me a call and now I have a wife. <laughs> <laughs> What's crazier to me is how I always hear people say, oh, I'm from a small town. There's no one here for me. But you guys are from the same town and you never met until it was God's timing. Like you never know who is right around the corner from you. No, literally, he lived eight minutes away from me. Mm-hmm. It blows my mind. Isn't that so insane? Like, we were talking about that earlier, and I was like, what I love the most about our story is that it is literally inexplicable, if not for God. Mm-hmm. There's no other explanation. There's no other explanation. There's no other reason. Like, not only would we never have crossed paths, 
if not for the leading of the Lord through our mutual friend, but Mm -hmm. also like our timeline would not have been so accelerated if not for the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit. Like he and I, in our own strength, in our own thoughts and minds would never have been able to make that happen in the way that it did, if not for Mm -hmm. the Lord. And the obedience of the friend, just like Mm -hmm. following through with that and listening and like connecting you guys. And Sam, I love that you were like, send me her contact. I'll call her. And then you were just so intentional. Like, it's just so rare these days. I always want to like recognize that. But I asked Tiffany this. So I'm going to ask you, how did you know she was the one? Like what stood out? I think we had, well, it was kind of a unique situation and season for us. Because I think a lot of times when we share our story with others, they're like blown away by the timeline, which is true. It was so fast. But my company was fully remote and Tiffany was working fully remote. So we got to spend a lot of time together. So we still got to have those intentional conversations and kind of that period of really digging in, which I think that aided in knowing that she's the one Mm -hmm. because she obviously didn't shy away from tough questions or working through stuff. There was a level of maturity, but then we both just come back to, we both had an overwhelming sense of internal peace Mm -hmm. and just kind of a sense of like, this is the direction that the Lord has us going. And at the very beginning of our relationship, we got to spend a good amount of time with each one of our families, which was beneficial. Not that your family dictates who you marry and everything, but they are kind of the group of people that the Lord puts on your roster who know you well, and I do believe have your best interests at heart in most cases. And so it was cool to have confirmation from our parents. And I have five sisters. So as you can imagine, like that was a big (laughs) hurdle too. But to have all five of my sisters super excited about Tiffany kind of being the sister-in-law and joining the family was really cool for a brother to have that sense of kind of internal peace and just a, a sense of confirmation from both of our families. That's amazing. Do you think having five sisters, which is crazy, like prepared you of how to like treat a woman a little bit? I would say so. And then I also feel like leading up to marrying Tiffany, like between my five sisters and the Lord, it was really evidently clear <laughs> when I wasn't supposed to pursue someone. And so I definitely had a short leash in that regard. But yeah, I think just my normal like looked a lot different than a lot of other people's normal growing up because I had five sisters and it was just my dad and I, and when he would go off to work, then it was, he kind of expected me to be the, Mm -hmm. be the man of the house and, and watch after all the girls and everything. And so I think that I learned a lot of lessons from that. That probably prepared me more for marriage and prepared me for how to treat a female. But then again, since it was my normal, I, I don't feel like I have all this training ground. But if you were to put me up against someone who had five brothers, it probably <laughs> would look a lot different. So <laughs> Totally. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure growing up and having that like responsibility of like kind of if your dad's gone being like the man of the house, I feel like mm-hmm. that probably created a level of maturity because I know you guys have that age gap. How many years apart are you guys? five years, you carry yourself so well. And I'm sure that played a huge part in your maturity and how you carry yourself, which is probably one of the things that attracted Tiffany to you. Oh, absolutely. I mean, nobody who meets Sam thinks that he's five years younger than me. And I mean, obviously he doesn't look like it, but 
but because of the <laughs> hurtful. No, no, because you're so. I mean, you're tall. You know, you're. I handsome. got gray in my beard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't look. You know, young. I got. But beyond that, obviously, yes, you're incredibly mature, and your character speaks for itself. And like, I think people never assume that or believe that of him because he does. Like, he is wise and mature beyond your years. I love that. So what were the top maybe one to three things that attracted you to her? Like maybe character traits about Tiffany. I would say right from the start, our lunch, she was so warm and inviting, but not kind of in like a insincere kind of look at me way. Yeah. Fake way, Mm -hmm. but rather like a super deep well, but she was genuinely excited to be at lunch with me, genuinely excited to hear about my world and what was going on, what were my daily pain points, what were my daily joys. She was super in tune with that. And so I think that that was one. I think just our conversation during our first lunch was like, it ran like two and a half hours, which is a long lunch, but it it did not (laughs) feel like that. And then it was very much so like, I want to do that again. So just the ability to converse with someone and not that every single conversation and, and topic that we talked about that day pointed back to Jesus and and talked all about the church and everything, because then I would have been like, man, this goes a little crazy. Um, (laughs) But you could just have an overwhelming sense of the Lord was sprinkled throughout the conversation. There was the aroma and the presence of the Lord that came with Tiffany. And then I would say the third thing, like I just had fun Mm. and I was able to laugh. And I think being a brother that has five sisters, I often was in a position of making others laugh and kind of being the goofy, silly brother which I love. And and I still love when I get to wear that hat to this day, but it was really an interesting position for me to be in to be sitting across the table from someone who was making me laugh. And I was enjoying my time with them as much as hopefully they were enjoying (laughs) their time with me. I think it worked out, but I would say those three points, those were probably the instant things that jumped out at me probably then I would say as well as how beautiful she was. <laughs> the way you're looking at him is making me blush. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sweet. Like, it's, it's so sweet. So I, I don't know that I've ever heard him, like, talk about it like that. I mean, I have, you but, like, have. it's just sweet to hear you say it. I mean, he could say it every day and you'd probably have the same Literally. reaction. Literally. You know? Like, it it's, would always feel like the first time I was hearing it. Like, oh, my gosh, you think that about me? It's so cute. (laughs) It's so sweet. I love, Sam, that you said, like, number three was you just had fun. And I feel like that's so Mm -hmm. overlooked in Christian community. Like, I'll have girls, like, DM or message. Like, it just seems like that's, like, everything has to be so serious all the time. Or everything has to be so about Jesus, 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 Jesus. And yes, I love that you said Jesus was sprinkled into everything and she carried this aroma of the Holy Spirit. So we already know the Holy Spirit is there. So like, let's have fun. Let's get to know each other. And it doesn't have to be so like checking off the boxes as you're at lunch. Like, let's just enjoy each other's company and see where God takes it. Yeah. And I would even argue that when somebody is full of the Holy Spirit in that way, You don't have to overcompensate uh, Mm -hmm. to prove that you know a lot about the Lord or about the Bible. Because I think I touched on this last time, like one of the the main things for me that attracted me to Sam was how I could tell through the Spirit, like he doesn't just know about Jesus, he knows Jesus. And Mm -hmm. I think that like, that's how you can 
have a sense of, okay, we know that the Holy Spirit is present. We know that He's here. Like, we know that that's an active part of each other's lives without being like, so I know scripture this much, like, mm-hmm. or whatever, like always pointing the conversation back to something like that when it could even be like overkill. Yeah. Well, and I was just thinking, and this could be just one of my wild thoughts. Nicole, sometimes I have thoughts that are like Jupiter or Mars or something. <laughs> I love it. Those are the best thoughts. So stay with me here. But when both people, when you know that you both are rooted in the Lord and you know that that's going to be the vocal point of your marriage, once you've kind of established that, then you're going to spend a whole lot of time just talking and doing life with that person. And so if you don't line up on that first point, then the rest is, if it comes, then that's not really where you should be investing your time. But if you Mm -hmm. do line up on the first point, then it's super important to see like, okay, like, can I spend time with this person? Do I have fun talking with this person? Do I laugh? Because you definitely need to have both. And once you've figured out like, yes, we're aligned biblically and in our relationships with the Lord, then I think there's a lot of value in like, well, do I just enjoy being with this person? Because <laughs> you can, there's rock stars for the Lord, but they would not do well on an eight hour road trip together. And so I think that we quickly figured out we align here, but now let's like, let's see if we like can be best friends. And I think that that was like a super powerful combo that we were able to dial in on. Yeah. <laughs> That's so important because I feel like I'll have, you know, I'm Tiffany, I'm sure you get these messages too, where girls will say, I'm seeing this guy or I have like options, like these guys in my church, I'm not really attracted to them, but they're like godly men. And to me, I'm like, oh my gosh, no, like you can be, like you said, Sam, a rock star for the Lord and not be compatible personality wise with someone that just because they're a godly rock star for the Lord guy doesn't mean that's the one for you. Like absolutely, in the same way, like don't settle for someone just because they love the Lord when you guys actually outside of that don't have much in common. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously we get married to seek the kingdom together, to chase after the Lord together, but it's also to enjoy life together. Like Mm -hmm. that's very rooted in scripture to enjoy life with your spouse. And so I definitely think like, don't overthink it so much that you're like, I just have to get the best Christian guy on the roster without taking into consideration, like, do I even like being around them? Mm -hmm. So important. This ties into a question that I didn't prep you guys with, but it kind of like came to me as I was texting with a friend. What do you think is the difference between someone, man or woman, someone who just shows up for church versus shows up for the Lord? Mm. So if they're saying, oh, well, he goes to church. Well, there's a big difference between someone who goes to church on Sunday and like walks with God Monday through Saturday. Yeah. I think, like you said, there is a huge difference and you will see the difference in the fruit of their lives. Mm -hmm. What do their lives look like outside of, well, he goes to church on Sundays. Like we have to build our lives on the truth of God's word. And the Bible talks about that looks like building your house on the rock as opposed to on sand. Because when you build your house on the sand, aka when you just go to church on Sundays and it's just a ritual or a box that you tick, when the storm comes, like the Bible says, the house will collapse because it's not built on something real. It's not built on something solid. And so 
I think love that that person goes to church, but where's the fruit in their lives that shows that they don't, like I said, just know about God, but they know him deeply. Mm -hmm. I don't know. What would you say? Yeah. I mean, I think you would see an overwhelming sense of ownership and priority for the individual who has a real relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And that individual may not even go to church on Sundays, but Mm -hmm. the fact that they take ownership and growing closer to the Lord and allowing the Holy Spirit to work through them and to change them and to be pliable and, and teachable, like those type of character traits you can see very quickly in just having a conversation with someone. Even if it's not about church, you'll see kind of the thread of humility throughout the way that they talk yeah. and how they navigate certain questions that you ask them. And I think that that's a big difference. I think it's very easy in today's culture to have a mindset of like, I can do it all on my own and I can figure it out. Mm -hmm. And if we take that and we adopt it in our spiritual walks, then that's a really scary place to be because then we're isolated from community, but even more so we're isolated within our own hearts Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. and navigating the challenges and the joys and just life and and everything that comes with it. Yeah. I think that goes along with not settling. Like Mm -hmm. if you're going to choose someone just because they go to church, you're settling. Mm -hmm. If you don't really know, like you said, the fruit of who they are, how they handle situations, like where do they put their trust in? And it's like you said, like, who are they throughout the week? Because I even look at my life, like I'm traveling 99% of the time. I'm almost never at church on the weekends anymore, but I have a strong relationship with God and the fruit of my life shows that. And so someone with a different mindset can say, oh, she doesn't go to church, so she's not a Christian. But that's actually a lie because mm-hmm. my life, the church is Saturday through Monday, you know, seven days a week. It's not just in a building. Church is not just the building. It's out when you're outside of the building. How are you treating people? How are you honoring your family, your husband, your friends? Like, what is that? Like you said, the fruit of your life outside of the four walls of a building. Yeah. yeah. And I think a more accurate and better question to ask for men or women in that situation is not, oh, what church do you go to? But rather, hey, tell me about your walk with the Lord. Like, what does that look like in that season? That's mm-hmm. so much more revealing and so much more intentional than just, hey, what church do you occasionally go mm-hmm. to? That question itself shows a level of maturity. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like you're able to quickly determine, hey, where is this person at spiritually based on how they navigate and handle that question. Yeah. It's such a vulnerable question. And I feel like, I don't know, I just feel like the Holy Spirit put this on my heart, but there's someone listening that wants to ask the other question about the church. Like what church do you go to? Because it's an easier question to ask and it's an easier answer if he's actually not walking with the Lord. But if you ask him or her, what does your walk with the Lord look like? If they are walking with the Lord, it is going to open a beautiful conversation. Mm -hmm. And if they're not, it's going to be really easy to tell. Yeah. It's honestly a Mm win-win because then it helps bring closure. Mm -hmm. If that's not the direction you're supposed to go, or it helps establish a beautiful kind of brick in the foundation of, hey, like this is what we're going to be about. And this is the type of conversations we're going to have. Absolutely. That's so good. So good. Okay. Transitioning into when, I think this is one of the questions, but when is too soon to bring up engagement or marriage with a partner? Yeah, we were talking about this one. I think our relationship was so unique. And I don't know if we mentioned this, if you mentioned this earlier, but 
from the day that we met to the day we got engaged was three months. And then we got married three months after that. So our whole timeline from meeting to married six months, it was quick. So I think for most people, that's probably too quick. Our situation was unique because like I said, it was, it was directed by the Lord. And also like neither of us was going into this relationship, like messing around for lack of a better term. Like we both were very clear on our intentions and our desires for marriage. But I think the first thing that comes to my mind when someone asks like how soon it would just be like, if you're not sure how the other person feels about you, like if you're not sure that your relationship is at the place where you could even bring that up, then it's probably too soon to bring it up. Mm -hmm. But if you have a sense in your heart from like the conversations that you've had or just the direction that the relationship is headed in, that it could be the next step to open up the conversation, then you could probably be safe to know that the other person feels the same way and is ready for you to bring it up or, you know, ready to have that kind of conversation. What do you think? I kind of go back and forth on this. I'm a little bit internally conflicted. The intentional piece of me says that if you ask that question, really, I mean, I don't know if I would go on a first date and just kind of throw it out there. But early on in a relationship, if you were to ask it, if that other person is thinking about marriage and kind of ready to take that step, then they will have an element of maturity to them to be able to handle that question just fine. Even if, hey, it's like, I'm really thinking about that, but it might not be right now. Like you can ask that question without like, oh my gosh, we need to be engaged in a month. Yeah, that's fair. Um, So I think that it shows a lot about the maturity of the individual that you're asking it to and how they handle it and just how they respond. But then the seven in me on the Enneagram says, like, (laughs) man, don't put too much pressure on it. Like, obviously, like, have good morals, like, establish good boundaries, but just enjoy getting to know that person and enjoy learning about their relationship with the Lord and what they're teaching you about the Lord through their walk. And so I kind of go back and forth on it. I don't, I think you can do it in a way that is super light and beautiful, but kind of making sure, like, you're not wasting your time or their time. Because at the end of the day, if like, for whatever reason, like marriage isn't even on their radar, then to invest a half a year, a year, however long, and then find that out, like that's not a win for either party. So I think there's a kind of a healthy back and forth casual conversation that can take place just to make sure like, hey, like this is kind of what I see like long term. I just want to see like if you're there with me. Honestly, Um, now that I hear you say that, I'm thinking back on like, our dating season, I'm pretty sure that I probably brought up pretty quickly, like even just asking in a very casual way, like you said, like, I think I was like, Hey, is getting married or marriage? Is that something that you're interested in? Like, is that something that you're looking for in a relationship? Because Mm -hmm. I know where I'm at on wanting marriage, not necessarily saying like, I know I want to marry you. So can you let me know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But just being like, Hey, I know that like, this is something that is a desire of mine and and a priority of mine. And I'm not here to like, for lack of a better word, waste my time. So I think I did ask you like pretty upfront, pretty quickly. Like, is that something that you're even interested in? Because if not, like we should pivot in how we're spending time together. Yeah. And I think you may have worded it. Like one of my dreams is to get married, Mm. which even like, that's a light casual way to establish like dating is the first step. But the end goal Mm -hmm. or the starting line, however you want to look at it, is 
marriage. And so I thought it was a nice way to establish it. I am totally aligned with the both of you. And I also think that if you're dating someone and you don't feel safe to ask, like if you're seeing each other, it should be a safe environment for you to bring up like your intentions just overall. If you feel like one question is going to completely unravel your relationship, that's like not a good spot. Maybe you have your answer. Yeah, maybe you have your answer. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, I remember when Nico, two weeks into dating, asked me to be his girlfriend at dinner. The first thing he said after I said yes was, I just want to let you know, I'm asking you to be my girlfriend because I see you as my wife. And so if, and he said, I'm not saying that you have to, I don't want to freak you out, but I'm just letting you know where I stand. Yeah. I wouldn't ask you to be my girlfriend if I didn't envision you as my wife. Absolutely. And he wasn't expecting an answer. He was just setting his intentions. And I think we had a similar conversation. We of did. Like, what's the purpose behind dating for you? And yes. then we both kind of agreed it is to get married and it's not, you don't just date for fun. Mm-hmm. But then we also, now that we're married, our perspective on that is still the same, but also want to make sure like you don't put so much pressure on like a first date or even a second date with someone to be like, I have to know if I'm going to marry this person, right? if I'm going to start dating them, because that's the purpose of dating is to find that out. Exactly. But having the mindset that that's where it's heading is super Healthy. helpful. Yeah. That's so good. So transitioning also into when is too soon. I don't think this was on here, but I feel like it will tie into the next question of physical boundaries. But when is the right time to bring up purity or to bring up waiting until marriage? I feel like that's a hot topic. Yeah. Sam brought that up before he asked me to be his girlfriend. I'll never forget. We were going on a Wednesday night, movie night, date date night. (laughs) What were we going to see? It was something, it was like an old, anyway, it doesn't matter. We were going to the movies and before we, white Christmas. Yes. Before we went to the movies, we parked the car, like we went to Starbucks, parked the car. And like, he like had written out in his journal, like what our boundaries were going to be, what we were specifically like waiting for marriage until we have sex, like not even going to like put ourselves in situations where compromising in any kind of way, like he made it very clear very early on. And that both blew me away and blessed me to no end. And to be honest, like that has blessed our marriage Mm -hmm. more than most things. I think I do personally feel like it's kind of the man's job to bring that up because also I feel like it just is such a good example also for a male of self-control. Absolutely. Which I think is so important. But yeah, Sam, I'm curious from like a man's perspective on that. Yeah. I think just from having different conversations with mentors and people that I'd seen go through it, just kind of understanding like, if that's what I want, this feels like, or not, this feels like this is the next best step. And if I see Tiffany as my wife, then we're not in a hurry. Like, let's set up what would honor the Lord, mm-hmm. not just for our own relationship stake, but I think it's super important. Like, I had my own personal convictions for that before I was even in a relationship. And I think that that's what made it so powerful. It wasn't because like, oh, I don't want to upset Tiffany or I don't want something weird to happen within our relationship. Mm-hmm. But honestly, like, it really was just because like, she wasn't my wife yet. So it was for my own 
relationship with the Lord. It was for my own conviction. For your own heart. Um, it was the own why that I had defined for myself, which made it so much more powerful and honestly sustainable than just like, oh, I don't want to upset Tiffany's parents or my parents or whatever the kind of answer could be. But it was mm-hmm. very much so like, this is what I have decided in my heart. And so then you're right. Then from that, you were able to take ownership of it and lead that conversation and leave in that area. And I think having five sisters, that was one thing that I think understanding the worth of a woman and her value, I think I had a lot of training in that area without even knowing it. So it wasn't like it was that difficult or or that much of rocket scientist for me to decide like, yes, like I want to treat Tiffany that way as well and honor her and respect her. That's amazing. Do you think, because I have heard people say, well, I'm waiting and he said, that he'll wait with me. Mm. But if it's not his personal conviction, his personal decision with God, you're walking the line of temptation. And what does the Bible say? Flee from temptation. He's going to constantly push you to the edge. How far can we go until it's not good or biblical or, or whatever? And that's a scary place to be. So what would you say to someone who's kind of in that position? I mean, I would say that if, you want them to be the leader of your household, but yet they're not willing to lead currently in something that is so clearly stated out biblically, I would have serious concerns about what other areas they're willing to compromise. Yeah, quote unquote, not lead in when you're married. That could result in a lot of different consequences. Yeah. And so I think that that would be a no go for me if I was yeah definitely a red flag definitely like Mm -hmm. something to reconsider I mean I think like Sam said the fact that he had such a conviction about that in his own heart before we even met like it wasn't just that he wanted to honor me or you know his future wife it was that he was honoring himself by honoring the Lord and I agree I think it would definitely take you know, a hard look at what do you want for yourself and your future and your marriage? Like Sam said, do you want a leader? Do you want a man of conviction, a man who understands and hears the voice of God and who um, is willing to do the hard work before marriage of putting God first in his life? I think those are hard questions to ask, but at the same time, like, probably a lot harder if you don't ask those questions on this side of marriage, you know, before you get married. And then to just wait to see how things turn out in marriage could be asking, like Sam said, for a lot harder of a road. And I will say, like, if one or both individuals in a relationship have made different choices leading up to marriage, like that doesn't disqualify them. Absolutely. But I think what's super important and valuable to see is like the heart change. So, even if they had a different background and maybe made some different choices. But if they are in a relationship and they're saying like, man, like that was once me, but the Lord has captured my heart. And now like I'm different and I'm changed. And so Mm -hmm. this is how we're going to handle this now now in this relationship. Like that shows so much heart change and such a level of maturity opposed to just like, well, I'll wait with you. That's kind of like a, yeah, a begrudging, Absolutely. like, uh I totally agree with you. I think one of the questions was like, 
if it didn't start off godly, does that mean that it's not godly or that it couldn't be godly? And I'd think absolutely, like, even if it didn't start off godly, like you said, it can still be a God honoring relationship, but the change and the differences is that you need to want to honor God. Like it has to be the desire of your heart together that you make the choices and you make the change necessary to honor the Mm -hmm. Lord. I think about that when I think of like, you know, people living together before marriage who love God and serve God, but they're not doing things God's way. Like Mm -hmm. it can still be a God honoring marriage, but you have to choose to honor God. And if that means making different choices now that are super uncomfortable and maybe super inconvenient that you obviously don't want to do because Mm -hmm. it changes everything. I think God honors that so much more Mm -hmm. because he sees the heart posture and the heart change and the desire of someone to say, Lord, I'm going to put you before my comfort. I'm going to put you before my desires. I'm going to put you before myself ultimately. Yeah. And we were saying, we were talking this afternoon about how the joy and satisfaction that comes from honoring the Lord so much more outweighs Mm -hmm. any uncomfort, any inconvenience, Mm -hmm. any unpopular decision. But if you know that that's what the Lord's calling you to do, the joy and satisfaction and just the internal peace that you'll walk with and the internal confidence that you'll walk with is worth so much more than whatever you might be kind of wrestling with or contemplating. Absolutely. Um, and it's just so much more worth it to do it his way. And you know this, Nicole, like how much God blesses. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say that. Like when you wait, like, oh my gosh. <laughs> it's the reward. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's, I, we've never even talked about this, but like, it is so insanely wild mm-hmm. how blessed our marriage is in every area because we chose to honor God and put him first, not just mm-hmm. before, obviously still in marriage, but like specifically when it comes to like physical boundaries and sex before marriage, like we did wait and I can't even talk about it without getting teary, like how thankful I am that Sam led us in that way. And that like, just the Lord's blessing upon our marriage and our marriage bed. Like, it's amazing. I'm so grateful. Sorry. I <laughs> <laughs> no, that was very touching. Okay. Good. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> that was very touching and so true. And I think people forget like, Obedience is God's love language. And I I think God knows how hard, how hard of a test that is to like be so fully in love with someone that they love you. The relationship is centered around you. Like it's such, there's so much like chemistry and there's so much love and like how difficult it is to like not give into your flesh. And so when we are obedient in that way, like the reward and the blessings that come from that obedience is just, it's, you can't even explain it without experiencing it. Like it's one of those. Yeah. I think the Bible talks about like how he opens the gates of heaven and pours out his blessing. Like that's how rich and full it feels. Like you said, it's, it's almost unexplainable. Other, like the only thing I picture is like God drawing back the curtain of blessings from heaven Mm. and just showering his love on his children who choose to obey and honor and put him first. And I don't mean to say that we do that perfectly all the time, but totally there's grace for that though. Yes, absolutely. 
Uh, that reminded me of our wedding song. It was there is a cloud and the lyrics are just like, we receive your rain. Like we receive, like we know we're about to become one on our wedding day and we receive the blessings that are going to come from the obedience of walking with you during this relationship. And I think that's so overlooked that people forget like what's on the other side of your obedience. Yeah. So good. Transitioning into some advice. So best advice for transitioning to newlyweds and living together. Go ahead. (laughs) I would say, obviously have a lot of grace with one another. Mm -hmm. And communication, it's like so different. You could have dated someone for five years But then when you get married, like communication is just so different. Your Mm -hmm. emotions are different. You're communicating about different things. You're communicating about new topics that you've never had to discuss with anyone before. And so having the perspective and the understanding, like, actually, like, and right now in my mind, I'm expecting them to be an expert, but this is the first time we've ever had this conversation. Mm -hmm. So that's like super healthy. And then for me, like, it took us a good little bit to understand this, but like identify some external forces that could be affecting mm. your mood or your frustrations or, uh, or or how you're communicating. Like when I get really hungry, <laughs> we kind of have like a get a snack before we like talk. We, we have a saying in the Hogel home. The saying is lunch is the most, most important, important meal of, of your day. 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 <laughs> yeah, we can't miss lunch. Couldn't relate more. But yeah. But it's just understanding some external forces, like whether it's lack of sleep, whether it's a meeting at work that didn't go so great for you, and kind of identifying that and communicating that helps so much because then your spouse has additional grace for you. And then opposed to you being frustrated about that thing, you're able to lean in and kind of learn from them. And then I would say my last point, and we were talking about this earlier, obviously be wise financially. Um, I don't want you people just to go and get in debt, but like book the trip, buy the flight, buy the puppy, like enjoy those first few years of marriage. Like we have been so blessed from going and making memories. And it, I mean, it's taken me, a, it's pulled me out of my comfort zone a little bit because I can sometimes be a little bit more in the save and invest and let's look to grow. And, but to see how rich our souls are blessed from being able to go and do stuff together has been super special. And so it's been fun to, when different things have come up, just to be like, babe, like, let's go do that together. Like my yes is on the table. Let's figure out how to make it work and let's go have a great time. And I think that that's been such a sweet piece to our first year of marriage. That's been super rich. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think for me, like, like Sam said, like to the extent that wisdom allows you to say yes to adventure, say yes to the adventure. I think that was one of the things that like some wedding advice that someone gave me was, and their, their example was go get the late night ice cream, go on the late night ice cream run, like Mm -hmm. go do the things that fill your soul with each other, go on the adventures. Like that doesn't necessarily mean like, you know, you can book eight trips to Europe or whatever in a year. But, and then my my advice for newlyweds would be, and I, I posted this on my stories, but I was like, 
it is, there's so much joy to be had. There's so much just beauty in cohabitating and getting to live with your spouse for the first time ever. Like there's Mm -hmm. so many joys that are just part of life, getting to do life with someone. And so I think I've been really grateful that in our first year of marriage, like we've made it a priority to be fully present and um, really just not take things for granted. I don't want to take my marriage for granted, my husband, like, or the seasons that we're living, even if they haven't been fun. Like even when we had moments of discontentment or disappointment, disagreement, it sounds weird to say to not take those moments for granted, but I think it's important to still loving and respecting each other, even in the moments that you're upset. And then obviously like relishing in the joy of life and living it fully and like being present in those moments. And I've had to catch myself a lot of like wondering what's next and like, okay, what's the next big thing? What's, you know, when should we talk about having kids or moving into the next house or whatever? And I think the Lord has really sweetly kind of corrected my heart to say like, look at where you are now, be where you are now. I have, like I said, in my single years, I have a purpose and a plan for you exactly where you are. God said that to me when I was single. He says that to me now as a newlywed, like I have a purpose and a plan for you exactly where you are. Like I don't have to be worried or wondering about what's next because God has placed me here. And I have decided that I'm going to enjoy it. I'm not going to worry or wonder about what's next. I'm going to love where I'm at, no matter where it is. That's so good. Your guys' answers are, you guys are so wise, wise beyond your years for (laughs) sure. What is one thing that surprised you in marriage? Yeah, we were talking about this. The first thing that came to mind for me was you expect in your first year of marriage to learn a lot about your spouse and learn a lot about the person that you're married to. I wasn't really expecting to learn a lot about myself and not just in obviously like marriage is a mirror and you see a lot of your flaws and you see your sins a lot more clearly than you ever did before. And of course there's that aspect of it for me, but I was actually more surprised to learn even like good things about myself or like quirks and character traits and things that no one's ever pointed out to me until I got married. And so it's really cool to like realize that I have certain traits or quirks that um, Sam has been able to like, maybe not just point out, but even bring out in me. I think Sam brings out the best in me. And I think there are a lot of parts of myself that I didn't know before I got married. And so reflecting on this past year, I realized like I am more Tiffany than I have ever been. And I'm more fully myself and more just the best version of me because that's who Sam brings out in me. That's so cute. Sassy. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Um, I would say, I think I learned within our first probably four or five months of marriage, I didn't realize how like internally fragile I was and not like an emotional, like, oh man, I'm weeping all the time. But like, man, like I thought I would have handled that better. Or I thought like that conversation wouldn't cause the rest of my day to be derailed. And it really showed me like, hey, like let's come back to the basics and make sure 
that like we're re-anchored and aligned in God's word and his truth and, and really kind of expanding on my prayer life because I, I just was able to see like I, I'm a little bit exposed in this area that mm-hmm. I felt as a single guy was so strong. Like I felt like I could navigate issues and problems and problem solve really well. And not that I've done that poorly in marriage, but I didn't realize how there would be certain things that would rattle me like they did. And so I think the first half of our first year was spent, I was kind of, I say I was under construction. We're all always under construction, but I was, I mean, caution tape, block off, (laughs) jackhammer going to town, which was exhausting while I was in it. Looking back now, I'm, I'm super thankful for that season. And then just practically, like, it's super weird to, like, wake up next to your biggest cheerleader and have someone, like, I've, Growing up, I think being the only son and the only brother, like if I wanted a bowl of cereal or whatever, like I would get up and go and get it. But to have someone be like, hey, babe, like, can I get you anything while I'm up? And then like, it's taken me a while (laughs) to like learn like, oh, I can ask. And like, she genuinely wants to do it because she loves me. And there's no like, I owe you or, or anything like that. And so that's been really sweet and really cool. But definitely was a surprise just to have someone like want to do things for me simply just because they love me, which is really sweet. That was the cutest answer ever. (laughs) Are you a wing eight? I am. He is. Yeah. You and Nico, the more that I'm hearing you talk are so similar. He's such a saver. Like I really had to teach him about having adventure and like saying yes, because he's like, the first thing he does is looks at the budget, starts a savings (laughs) account for it. Like, should we do this? Should we just save and wait? But he also is a problem solver. And his biggest frustration is if he doesn't have a solution to a problem. And that I think is something that he's been learning and within marriage as well, is there's not always a solution. Yeah, that's so true. Like there have been times where I am upset about something and I'll have to tell him like, I, I actually don't need an answer to this right now. I just really need you to listen to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure Nico is the same, like, sweet when he finally gets it. But at first, it's like, wait, why Why are you listening to my suggestions? <laughs> well, Nico's thing is whole say, what can I do to make you feel better? But I don't know. I'm like, I don't know yet. Like, I just, maybe time. But then he's going crazy because he wants it solved. <laughs> yeah, I, sometimes in the course of hearing a, a problem. I've already come up with four or five solutions that we don't need right now. (laughs) But I mean, honestly, to make it super practical, like I've learned, I will ask her like, do you want me to wear my fix it hat or my listening hat? And like, and I'll like straight up ask her that exact question. And then she'll tell me, I just want you to listen out. And then she'll, and later on on the conversation, she'll say, okay, do you have any ideas? Which is a really beautiful way. Cause then it gives me the opportunity as her husband to propose like, let's fix it. Here's what we can do. Cause every husband wants to be the hero for their wife. And so mm-hmm. it's a really sweet way for Ben to be welcomed back into say like, I know you just listened, but now can you help me fix it? Yeah. And I had to learn that too. Like as much as I wanted Sam to just be my listener, I recognize like he desperately wants to help me. Like, mm-hmm. like he said, he wants to be my hero and I want him to be my hero too. It just has to be, you know, at the right time. And so now I know like, he wants to help me come up with an answer. And I think at first, of course, as a single girl, I always came up with the answers myself. Like I was my own fix it person. So Mm -hmm. I've had to learn too, in the course of our first year, how to let him help me, which has been both hard and fun. 
What is one thing, I'm going to ask two more questions. What is one thing that you've learned about God since being married? Oh gosh, there's so many things. How can I just pick one? You know, I'll say what I've learned about God in this first year of marriage is beyond just how good he is and faithful. I've learned how deeply the father desires good things for his children. And I think I experienced that as a single girl. Like I loved my life and I was so content and I I loved like my relationship with the Lord. And I loved like what he was having me do in that season and the work that I was doing for the kingdom. And I, I, I did enjoy life, but I think the joys of marriage and just the beauty and and the gift of marriage has unlocked for me a new perspective on God's desire to bless his children that I had never seen before. And so I think I've really learned about God, like his heart as a father to bless his kids and to give them good things and to just be so good beyond your wildest dreams. And I, I just have experienced like a new depth of his richness that I had never experienced before that, like I said, marriage unlocked for me and, and my relationship with Sam unlocked for me, like seeing God from a new perspective, from a new place, like seeing a new facet of his face, a new perspective of his beauty and just the way that he loves his kids and loves to bless them and loves it when we ask him for big things, loves it when we dream and dream really, really, really big. I think that's something that I have learned about God. I think for me, it's going to sound very like Sunday schooly, but I have feel like I have just had a glimpse into like the depth. And I don't even know if it's like the depth of love, the depth of consistency, the depth of joy, but just like just the depth of relationship that we can have with mm-hmm. him mm-hmm. and just understanding like, man, like, I put a half a step forward and you're taking three steps towards me. And just like that overwhelming sense of like, he's, he's with me, he's leading me along. Like he sees my efforts, even if they're minuscule and small, like just because your first year, like so much is going on. There's so many changes. There's so many emotions. And I think the one thing we didn't really understand was the coming together as one spiritually that's not really discussed too much before you get married or, or it might be, but not quite at the level in which like you feel kind of clinky a little bit spiritually for your first little bit of marriage, because it's so like, I have never like done this before. And like, there's an, like, I'm one with another person and we're trying to figure out how do we be good ambassadors of the kingdom together now? And so through that, I think it's just given me an overwhelming sense of like, how deep relationally the Lord is. And and then honestly, truly just like how much life comes from spending time with the Lord. And I, I think it's so valuable, even if it's 10, 15 minutes a day to spend time reading God's word, because just the life and the perspective change and just the water that it pours on the seeds of your heart is so fruitful and beneficial. I know the days when I do get that in and I can directly tell the difference in the days that I don't. And even with knowing that, it's amazing that I don't do that every single day. But there's so much life and richness that comes from just spending time with him in an unstructured kind of just very casual way. 
so good, you guys. Tiffany, I'm <laughs> dying over the way you're looking at him while holding the mic up to his mouth. <laughs> just like in awe. <laughs> just like so wanting cute. to make sure that yeah. we get every word. <laughs> but also just like loving hearing his answers. It's I'm so sweet. Dying. I love it. I mean, obviously, it's the first time doing a podcast together. It's yeah, been so it's, fun. It's so cute watching you guys. Okay, Aww. Sam, you're going to be in the hot seat for the last question. Okay. Because I don't interview a lot of guys, but what advice would you give um, a single woman waiting um, in her waiting season? How can she best prepare as from a man's perspective for her future husband? That's a really good question. So I think, and, and I've learned this just from Tiffany, how she handled her waiting season. But the reality is, is like either we're single or we're married. Like you either have a husband or a wife or you're single and that's just kind of like legally, like that's just how it is. Like you don't take your boyfriend's last name. You don't even take your fiance's <laughs> last name. So either you're single or you're married. And so I think like, I know that there are super heartbreaking stories and people are in tough seasons, but I would also like want to give people the permission, like, like the season of singleness doesn't have to be a gloomy season. It can mm-hmm. be such a fruitful, joyful season. Like it doesn't have to be a season of waiting But my wife was saying it could be a season of doing. It can be a season where you look back and you're like, that did not feel like a horrible season. That was awesome. And in fact, I'm actually mourning. I know Tiffany kind of mourned a little bit of her singleness as we started to go deeper into our relationship because she knew like that I will never have that again. Mm -hmm. And so I don't want to undermine some of the heartbreak and, and some of the tough situations that people have to go through. But also I would say like, like take advantage of it, like enjoy the season and understand like as much as you're praying for and longing for your husband, like, guess what? He's thinking about you too. And he's praying for you too. And it might look different than you think, but like you're on his radar, even if you guys don't even know that you two exist and be encouraged by the fact, like you might feel alone in that, but like he's thinking about you and praying for you too, but worrying about it doesn't help God magically pop them in on your timeline because he was like, okay, they worried enough. Like I'm through with it. Um, (laughs) It's like, God already has that design. He's already got that story written. And so trusting and believing in that and just live in the peace and freedom of knowing like, Hey, like I know they're out there and they might be lonely tonight too, but I'm going to let that be something that encourages me because they're thinking about me rather than let it be something that pulls me into being depressed or frustrated And just like find a great group of girlfriends, do stuff, take trips, like don't wait to do stuff until Mm -hmm. you're married. Just go do life because any guy that's you're going to want to be your husband, he's going to love the fact that you've got hobbies and that you've got passions Mm -hmm. and you've got trips that you guys can talk about and places that you want to take him back. And so I would say like find freedom in the fact that like God's got that story written He's holding the paper and the pen, and you can just enjoy your season, a season of enjoyment instead of a season of waiting. So good. Wise words from Sam. You guys, I just have to say, Sam, I know you don't have social media or anything, which I love, but... You are so powerful when you speak. Uh, you speak so well, just like Tiffany. You guys are such a powerhouse, power couple, and the things you guys are going to do for the kingdom are just, it, it's crazy. And I know you're not on social media, but I, I feel like you guys should do a podcast or something. You both speak <laughs> so well. You have such great advice, and you just speak so intentionally. I, as I was like listening to you, Sam, in your answers, I could tell how 
you weren't just saying whatever. You were listening, thinking, letting the Holy Spirit get into your head, and then you were speaking so intentionally. Mm. And I'm just so happy for Tiffany because if he's like that on this podcast, I know how intentional he is with you. And I'm just so happy as your friend. I'm just overjoyed for the both of you and honored that you would come on together on your Saturday evening to come and um, share some words of wisdom here. That's so sweet. Honestly, I'm honored that you even wanted to have me on again, let alone the first time, but that you wanted Sam to be on too. Like, I've been so looking forward to this. We have been so looking forward to this. And you know what? I might take that into consideration. I've had a lot of people approach me about starting a podcast. We've never talked about it personally, but maybe we will. Maybe we'll talk about it. You guys would do so, so well. Yeah, I'm going to text you separately about my business ideas for you. (laughs) Oh, yes, please do. Please do. All right, love you guys. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. 